Greetings and welcome back to another and ongoing series of Shir Mandafil. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We are now in the middle of the Agadic discussion in Masachat Sota Daf He Amud Aleph, <coughs> beginning with an analysis of a pasuk. Um, again, we're in the middle of a discussion about haughtiness. In the middle of the um, that discussion, and where we left off, a pasuk is quoted from Yeshayahu Vetaka Ushfal Ruach that uh, God is with the lowly. There's a dispute about how to read this. Chadamar itidaka. Etaka meaning the low one is with me. Chadamar ani etaka. The other one is I am with him. In other words, does Hashem raise the lowly to be with him or does Hashem lower himself, as it were, to be with the lowly? And we seem to prefer the second reading, which is that Hashem lowers himself. Famous drasha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, ignored all of the famous and big mountains and rather put his Shechina on Har Sinai, which is traditionally understood to be a relatively low mountain. Um, and this theme continues. Um, and we don't say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu raised Harsina to be higher, but rather he lowered himself. person should learn from HaKadosh Baruch He left all the big mountains to go to Harsinai. And the other piece of it is that he left all of the other famous trees to go to the bush. Uh, and the idea is a person should always uh, identify with and cling to and recognize the lowly in spirit, not be not gravitate towards those who are haughty. Again, back to the the um, haughty ones. It's appropriate to cut him down like an asherah tree. In Yeshua, it says those who are high are going to be cut down. That relatively rare verb, is used also in the context of the command that when you come to the land, to cut down the Asherah trees. If a person is haughty, his dust will not be woken up again. In the beautiful prophecy in Shayahu about uh, the resurrection, he says, Wake up! And seeing those of you who dwell with the earth. It doesn't say those who sleep in the earth. Rather, those who are near the earth. Meaning, someone who was near the earth while he was alive. And he was lowly. Not somebody who was dead. But rather, those who, while they were alive, were humble. Again, one of Rabbi statements about haughtiness. HaKadosh Baruch Hu mourns for him. The high one from a distance, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the drasha is that that is a, a uh, word of, uh, of mourning. So Belazar may have been the author of this one also. This is picking up again on the idea of Hashem seeing the lowly from a distance. HaKadosh Baruch is not like blood, flesh and blood. A high one sees a high one. A high one doesn't see a low one in human beings. But not with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He is the highest, and he sees the lowly. God is high and he sees the lowly. 
Amar of Chisri, Tebma Mar Ukvako Adam Shishboka Suta Ruach. Again, anybody who is haughty, Amar Kodesh Bacho, Ena Niva, who Yecholid and Dor Baolam. We can't live in the same world. Shinemar, Muloshniva Seitere Ehum, Otoatzmit. We're going to go back to that phrase. The one who could discreetly uh, badmouths his neighbor, I will cut him off. Gvai Naimu Chavlevav, the one who is high. In uh, he has govainaim, uh, sort of uh, looking, his, looks down his nose, and has a wide heart, meaning a big appetite. Otolo uchal, I can't be with him. Altikre oto ela ito, not uh, I, I will, cannot abide him, but I can't be with him. Lo uchal. Some people say that the same drasha, not about haughtiness, but rather about those who speak lashon hara. Why? Because the beginning of the thing is So the beginning of the Pasuk is about Lashon HaRa Somebody who has haughtiness, even the smallest wind can come along and blow him away The evil ones are pushed away like the Yam, like the sea and what's the explanation? My yam shish After all, the ocean has tons of liquid in it. Ruach kimal charto, but a wind can come along and push it around and kick up the dirt. Adam shin boel A person has only one revit of blood. Alachat kama v'chama. It's interesting. Kama v'chomer. Ruchiyah barashi amarav. Tamid chacham tzorich shiheb boachad mishmona bishminit. So Rav said. But Tomer Chacham has to have a little haughtiness, a little sense of, shall we say, pride. Uh, and he expresses it as one-eighth of an eighth. So I put a pasuk on the page, it's not mentioned in our, in our Gemara, but a beautiful idea of the Gaon Mivilna in this statement. He says, why does the Gemara say one-eighth of an eighth instead of one-sixty-fourth? He says, because if you look at the eighth parsha, which is Vayishlach, and you look at the eighth pasuk of Vayishlach, what's that pasuk? Katoti mikola chasadim. You know, as a Tavon Chacham, should have an eighth of an eighth of haughtiness. What's that? Katonti, to realize that he's really not worthy of all the great things HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him. Interesting idea. Yoshua. He says that this little bit of haughtiness is like a crown, like the flower on top of the, of the stalk that we had earlier. So Amarav Rav Shamta the Itpe of Shamta the Leipe. Rav says either way you're messed up. You are should be in cherem if you have haughtiness, and should be in cherem if you don't have none because then people roll over you and disgrace Kavanah Torah if you're a rabbi. Rav Yitzchak he says Lomina Velomik Tzata. He says no, you should have absolutely none. Mizuta Dichtiv Beis. It's so insignificant what it says. Tuavata Adonai Kol Gvale, which we saw in the previous podcast. Anyone who's haughty at all is an abomination to God. So you should have none at all. A person's prayer is only heard if he makes his heart like flesh, meaning he lowers himself. That at the end of Yeshayahu it says that every month and every Shabbat, every manner of flesh shall come to bow before Hashem. And a support for that, Rav Zerah points out, Basar Ktiv Be'vinirpa, Adam Lo Ktiv Be'vinirpa. In the in the context of Nigaim of Tzarat, the Torah uses the word Nirpa. He's healed in reference to Basar. Basar Yabagav Vinirpa. But referring to an Adam, it never says Nirpa. He's healed. It just says if the Tzarat is gone, as if to say that if you make yourself simply lowly like flesh, you can be healed. But if you're all haughty, walking around like an important person, then you can never be healed. I'm Rav Yochanan. Rav Yochanan has an acrostic about both Adam and Basar. What's Adam? Afer, ash, dam, blood, and mara, bile. What's Basar? Busha, shame, srucha, 
eroding, and rima is worms. So ikad amri shaol. Some will say that the middle letter is not sucha, but shaol hades because you can read it as a sin also, so basar. So his idea is that both Adam and basar are degrading terms and a person should really make himself like dust, as it were. Again, more animate versions against uh, being haughty. Anybody who makes himself high ends up low. In describing the various kinds of nigaim, it says se'et, which is one kind, and sapachat is another kind, but se'et, se'et means to be raised up, all of the uplifted hills. And sapachat, what's sapachat? It's something that's a hanger on. That the curse to Beit Eli is that one day your children are going to come and beg to just be able to join one of the groups of kuna so they can have something to eat. Let me join. So, so se'et leads to sapachat. Se'et, lifting yourself up, leads to becoming secondary and tertiary and insignificant. Look, look and see how great the humble are before God. When there was a Beit HaMikdash, you bring an Ola, you get credit for an Ola. You bring a Mincha, you get credit for that. But if you are humble, it's as if you brought all the Korbanot Shinemar, the Pasuk at the end of uh, the Perak of Tshuva of David, the Korbanot of Hashem, and that compares it to a broken spirit. And not only that, but his tefillah is accepted, is not rejected. Shinemar, what's the end of that Pasuk? A broken heart, God, you do not, you do not look away from, you do not reject. We take a parallel pasuk from the previous chapter of Tehillim. Anyone who plans out his path in this world will see the Yeshua. In other words, as opposed to living just by whatever moves you, but planning out how you're going to live, will end up seeing the Yeshua Baruch Hu Shnemar V'sham Derech Arenu B'Yeshua Elohim V'sham Ela and somebody who really plans out his ways and and um and and uh, deliberates. Okay, back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah said Ketzad Mekanila. Mishnah, the Mishnah Bet that we had on Daf Bet Amud Aleph said, "How do you perform Kinui? You'd say if you say, don't talk to the guy, and she talks to the guy, nothing happens." But then if she's in seclusion with the guy, then uh, the process starts. So Hagufakash, we have an internal contradiction in the phrase. The, the formulation he uses is to say, don't speak to the guy. So you see, Dibur is really a euphemism for being in seclusion. Then it says, if she does speak to him, then nothing happens. So you see that speaking just means speaking. It's not a euphemism for her being in seclusion, which is it? So really we have to read the Mishnah expansively. If he says to her, don't speak to the guy, and she talks to him, or he says, don't talk to him, and she's even in seclusion with him, then nothing happens, because don't speak to him is not a kinui. But if he says, don't be in seclusion with him, and she's found talking to him in public, nothing happens. 
But if, on the other hand, she goes into seclusion after he said, and she was there long enough, then the process already kicks in. The first thing is she's banned from Truma, banned from relations with her husband, etc. Further on, the very end of the Mishnah said that if you have a, a Shomer, a, sorry, a Sota, who then, whose husband dies without children, and she falls to the brother, we only do Chalitza, not Yibum. Am I, why? She should do Yivum. After all, her husband died, and she's currently married to him, and she fell to the brother, and no children. So I'm Rav Yosef, I'm Rav Yosef gives an explanation. We have three versions of Rav Yosef, and each one of them is challenged by Abai. You'll see. In the context of a, of a normal situation of Kiddushin, it end up with Gerushin. He found an Ervatavar. She leaves his house, and she, and she goes and marries another man. So the text says, "Le'ishachev v'lo le'yavam," means she should marry another man and not the yavam. In other words, the Torah is directing that if a husband divorces his wife because of ervat tavar, because of suspicion of sexual uh, infidelity, then uh, she should go to somebody else, not to the brother. So, according to that, you're saying it's Doraita, which means the Torah is cutting her out of Yibum. She shouldn't need Chalitza either. So, Rav Yosef defends it according to this first version. And he says, look, if the husband were around, Milo buy a get. Wouldn't she need a get? So, Ashtonami to buy Chalitza. So, she needs Chalitza if this is in, in the kind of taking the place of the husband's get. That's version one. Ve'ita Amri, version two. Amr of Yosef. The Torah says that when you divorce a woman, she goes and marries another man. Why? To least to the vete that you should get rid of her if she is uh, acting that way in the house because she's destroying the household. So, and and you think that we should create yibum? Or she should marry the brother and continue to hurt this family? So I'm a rabbi, a buyer, then challenges according to the second version. She shouldn't be able to marry anybody if that's the case. We don't want to engender somebody who's going to come and hurt a household. They shouldn't hurt his household. So my of Yosef answered, Well, we never forced this other guy to marry her. That's his own choice. But Yibum is something that we're enforcing. And there's a third version of Rav Yosef. I'm Rav Yosef. The text refers to the second husband in a case like that as an acher, almost like as an unwanted guy. He's not like the first guy. The first guy got an evil woman out of his house. He took an evil woman into his house. We want to generate that she'll stay in the family. So Amal Abayi, again, Abayi challenges. According to each version, Abayi had a challenge. It's a reductio challenge. Let's say that she, okay, does what you said. She marries another guy. And then he dies without children. There should also be no Yibum. Because after all, the text calls that second husband an Acher, who's like an Acher to everybody. So Rav Yosef's answer is, No, but within the context of the second marriage, she had a good reputation. So there's no more issue of Acher. It's just relative to the first husband who's an Acher. Rava gives a, another explanation, explanation four, which is Kavachomer. Think about this. She was married to her husband, and now because of what happened, she's become prohibited to him. Then the one who she was always forbidden to, which is her brother-in-law, certainly she should be Asura too. Which, of course, is a difficult Kavachomer because, after all, 
that's what Yibum is, is a mitzvah that trumps that Isur. Alright, Amar Abayi, so Abayi, again, challenged and said, Elamiyata, Koin Gadol, Shekidish and Almana, let's say a Koin Gadol was Mekadish and Almana, which is prohibited. He died without kids. V'yistolach Koin Ejot. And he has a brother who's a regular Koin who can marry an Almana. According to you, there should be no Yibum, and there is Yibum, by the way. After all, she became usher to her husband, who was permitted to her. So certainly her brother-in-law shouldn't be permitted to her. So uh, the problem is that, that the analogy is bad. Nesra? What do you mean, if she became Asura? That happened with the Sota. That didn't happen with the Almana. Hasira Vakaima. She was always prohibited. Before she married the Kohen, she was prohibited. The Kohen Godel. Asurahu? And by the way, the brother-in-law is Asurla? Um, uh, so Mutarla, sorry. The, the coin Godel is Mutarla? Asurlahu. He was always Asurlahu. In other words, you can't compare what happens when a man marries a woman and everything's fine, he's got a brother and that's Asur, and then the, the, the Sota situation comes up, which now prohibits her to her husband, so Kavachom and her brother-in-law. Here, a coin Godel married an Almana, which means from the get-go they were Asur. So that doesn't fit the analogy. Ella, let's try this. Eshet Kohen shenen sa'umet. So Abayah's question is really this. If an Eshet Kohen was raped, and then the husband died, v'yeshto achalal, and he has a brother who's a halal, not the son of a grusha. Lo titi according to you, there should be no even why. Imnas ha'mutala, and this is really true. A Kohen is allowed to be with his wife. However, if she's raped, he's no longer allowed to be with her. She's nas rabamutala, but also la kol so, and we know for a fact that if an Ashit Kohen is raped and then the husband dies and she falls to the brother who's a halal, then there is Yibum. Right? So that means that your, your, your notion, your Kalachomer Rava, to explain the Sota situation doesn't work. So the answer is, always be Yisrael Mishrashari. The Rava says, after all, if a regular Yisrael's wife is raped, that doesn't answer her to him. And relative to this halal, which as far as his Kedusha goes, he has Kedusha Yisrael, not Kedusha Kuna, there really is no Isser. A halal is not banned from being with, let's say his own wife was raped, he's not banned from being with her. So certainly, if his brother, who was a Kohen, his wife was raped, and then they couldn't have relations, but the husband died, she felt him, he could have Yibum. As opposed to the case of the Sota, where if, uh, if this brother himself had a wife, who had strayed, and then we have the whole Sota thing, he'd be also to her too. So therefore, Rav's Kavachomer really does hold up. So again, and asking the question why a Sota, who in the middle of the process suddenly becomes a Shemarit Yavam only as Chalitza, we had three versions of Rav Yosef answer. First one is that the text says, V'alchavai tal ish acher, and, uh, and in other words, the Torah is directing her to leave, and, uh, and leave the family. And so Abayah says, so if that's the case, you shouldn't eat chalitza. And Rav Yosef says, yeah, the chalitza is in place of the get that the husband would have had to give. The second version is, which is similar to the third version, that, um, she should leave the house so she doesn't destroy the household. And why are you trying to treat Yibum? And so we said, uh, if that's the case, we shouldn't allow her to marry anybody else. So, yeah, anybody else, that's their choice to marry. Yibum is something we're kind of directing. The third version is that this second husband is like an acher. He's not in the same camp. Because, after all, he's taking this wicked woman into his house. So if that's the case, then there shouldn't be Yibum on the second time around either. I said, no, within that relationship, she might have had a good, uh, a good name. And then the fourth explanation is Rava, who says that a sota cannot cannot have Yibum with the brother because of a Kalvachomer. If she became usher to her husband, she certainly 
uh, is usher to one who beforehand she was usher to, which again is problematic because of the whole nature of Yibum. In any case, we've completed until the Mishnah, which is the beginning of Mishnah Gimel, and in the next podcast we will cover all of Mishnah Gimel, which is in two parts, on Daf Vav Amur Aleph and on Daf Zayin Amur Aleph. But in the meantime, we'll sign off now and wish everybody a wonderful day.